Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Jeff Summers here, co-founder of Optimal HRV with, uh, with my co-founder, Matt Bennett. Hey, Matt. We're, hey, Jeff, we're officially, how's it going? Good, man. We're officially post-election this time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to respond to that. It's, it's not, quite, uh, not quite over from some people's perspective anyway. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I uh, you, you know, I was uh, having a pretty stressed out week last week. Uh, it's sort of funny, and I'll, I'll try to make this as apolitical as possible, but as the polls shifted, my morning reading shifted with them. So uh, <laughs> at one point, again, I'll try to be apolitical as possible here. I tanked out one of my worst readings ever. Uh, maybe was self-medicating a little bit uh, during the election <laughs> to uh, cope. Uh, but then they, they started to shift as the polls shifted. So uh, I, I'm happy to say I'm back in the green uh, and uh, ready to roll for today. So that's perfect. Well, that there are a few sketchy days in there, Jeff, where I'm glad we was... didn't have one on the books. So and who knows, man, there may be more. But uh, <laughs> the first part of this is done. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it all, it all shakes out over the next days, weeks, months. We'll, we'll see. USA, USA. <laughs> but this is actually a very good segue into the uh, the podcast episode about for today, uh, where we're going to focus on self care. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked a lot about using HRV for um, you know therapeutical, clinical purposes, um, but you know, everybody, no matter what you're doing and what kind of job you're in, needs to take care of themselves and. Yeah. Going through your book, I think everybody knows what burnout is. Everybody has experienced burnout to some extent. Um, I didn't realize that there were actual studies of different stages of burnout and what those look like. And, yeah. and it was really cool to read through the book and start to understand where HRV can start to predict, you know, what stage of burnout you might be in and how yeah. you can use HRV as a barometer to hopefully remedy, you know, the, uh, the burnout effect you might be experiencing. So maybe you could start by highlighting what, what the stages of burnout are for folks like me who had no idea they even existed prior to reading the book. <laughs> Absolutely. And this has become, and, and so really core to my thinking, you know, when I do trainings on self-care, I actually title them self-care is quality care, because one of the big things, and, you know, uh, you know, in the professions I train in healthcare, social services, education, you know, there's such a high level of burnout. So it's something I focus on uh, quite a bit because, you know, we know things like productivity, efficiency, uh, mistakes, all these things trend as burnout increases. And, and so, when we think about burnout, you know, the real goal when we talk about self-care is to stay healthy. Um, you know, that, that means that. we are emotionally regulated. We are cognitively being able to engage 
in our work, everything we've talked about, about prefrontal cortex regulating amygdala, ventral vagal regulating the, putting that ventral brake on the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, a lot of this has been, we've been talking about other people, uh, but this is about ourselves as well. So when we're doing a good job, this will not come to a surprise if you listen to past episodes. If we're doing a good job handling or recovering from stress, we'll have a good HRV compared to our baseline. We will be in the green, so to speak, uh, with our new stoplights on, on the uh, phone app. Um, you know, so one of the ways that, that I've really thought about burnout, because I like to make things tangible, is really looking at the goal of self-care is to stay healthy as long as possible. Now, some jobs out there uh, might be able to stay healthy every day and you just never get burned out. Um, you know, I, I don't exist in that in my reality. And I don't think most nice? people yeah. do. And, and even so, people that love their job to some extent yes. with everything going on in life, it's, it's impossible it not to experience it to some extent. Absolutely. And so, so the first stage, and I think for, for where I want to spend most of our time talking today, the first stage of burnout is exhaustion. Um, so this is where, and, and I'm sure at this point, so many people being in a pandemic, going through the election we went through, uh, everything going on in our countries, uh, around the world really right now, is exhaustion is just, you know, you've got less energy. Uh, you know, you're just, your sympathetic might not be giving you the energy you need. Uh, you may result in some anxiety, rumination, those sort of things. You may feel a little bit more depressed, a little bit more anxious when we get in that, that exhaustion stage. But, but the key is, um, and I think this is the most important thing I pulled from all the research I've done on self-care and performance is, most of us will be dancing between being healthy and engaged and exhaustion. And I think it's, we need to say that out loud, that that is yes. modern. That's that, that is COVID life at the best right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Life. So when I look at physicians are the most burned out, nurses second, social work third, teachers fourth, principals fifth, everybody I train for the most part is you're gonna be dancing in and out of exhaustion all year long. And the key then becomes to identify when you've hit exhaustion, right? And so I'll just kind of go through the other stages because I wanna mention those because you might recognize yourself there and then we'll, we'll have a little bit of a different conversation is that most of us need to be at our best self to do our best work, obviously, and to, to be the who we wanna be at work. So what we see is when we start to get exhausted, we know we want to be up here, but we can only give this. And this difference between what we know we want to bring to our work and where we are, if we recognize that, it can elicit feelings of guilt, shame, and, and doubt, um, which ironically, the research says, means we're going to work longer. We're going to be kind of hyper vigilant. We're going to be always checking our email on the phone, uh, logging in at all hours of the night, taking, doing uh, work while we're watching Netflix. What we know is if we stay in that stage too long, our quality is going to tank. Uh, because if we go down these stages, our quality, along with our health and wellness, start to decline. And the further you're down these stages, the more decline that we see. And so we'll be pulled to do more work, but we're just exhausting ourselves 
further then the third stage is cynicism and callousness, where I, I like to say uh, we're just a scratch and sniff sticker of anger. Uh, we're not <laughs> pleasant to be around. And, um, you know, the, the, the older I get, like the I get in rooms with leaders further and further and up bureaucracies. And so this is everywhere. And it is scary. If you've ever worked for somebody in this stage, it is horrible, terrible. And then the final stage is crisis. Um, and being a self-care trainer, I didn't think a whole lot of people hit crisis because I thought you'd quit your job and maybe you change your career before you hit here. But, you know, in my trainings, it just breaks my heart. I hear things like my marriage broke up because of work stress. Uh, I have cancer and I believe it's because of work stress. Um, I'm not the parent I want to be because of work stress. I, I hear these uh, I got. I, I became alcoholic because of work stress, and I just like want to cry. It's like, oh man, like this is real. And so, obviously, you don't jump from exhaustion to uh, divorce, alcoholism, and so on and so forth overnight. That that takes you know to hit crisis. You're talking about unless there's something big that happens, like layoffs or something big at work. You know, most of us hopefully will not hit those later stages. We'll, we'll do things like switch jobs if we find ourselves being so cynical and uh, uh, callous that nobody wants to spend time of us. But so, so we want to really avoid being in those stages. And we really want to avoid the later stages for a couple of reasons. One is if we can catch ourselves in exhaustion, it's not that hard to get out of it. Now, if you've been in exhaustion, like some of us have been, and I'm looking in the mirror here a little bit of myself because can't leave the house. Uh, you know, I'm on Zoom meetings, which Jeff, I love to see you, man, but I also <laughs> love to go out to lunch with you. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, exactly. you know, it'd be nice to hang out with, uh, if that ever makes sense. Uh, it doesn't look like it does anymore, uh, at least where we're at in Denver. You know, so, so we're, I think a lot of people, when I do surveys, um, around the country during my self-care trainings, you know, 70% of people are, are, are identifying in exhaustion, only 10% in health and wellness, and then a few further on down that, that spectrum. So the key with exhaustion is I, I used to talk to people about their triggers, and I still do. I still think this is important. But, you know, physical triggers, I, I get a, like a knot in my left shoulder, and it takes like a a really strong masseuse, like 90 minutes of grinding their elbow into it and making everything <laughs> pop before that thing lets go. And I'm just crying because I'm a big baby on the massage table. And I just wish I would have said Swedish massage, but no, it's a <laughs> And I was like, what's wrong with your shoulder? It's like, oh, can you just rub my back? Um, <laughs> you, you know, so, 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 you know, it's a not headaches can be a, a physical sign, lower back pain, neck pain for mm -hmm. a lot of folks, uh, psychological triggers, maybe a little bit more depressed, a little bit more anxious for mm -hmm. a lot of us. Trouble sleeping can be a part of that. And then social behaviors as well. Maybe not, uh, wanting to hang out with friends. Uh, if you got kids at home, Jeff, kids are great barometers of being in the exhaustion stage. Uh, 
if you just don't seem to have as much patience as you normally do mm -hmm. with your Absolutely. maybe it's your spouse your roommate kids are great especially young kids because uh, I know when I've seen you at your best and you're just an amazing father, but I'm sure you have those days where you just want to crawl into a corner. <laughs> of course. Well, and it, and it all, and it's interesting too, because exhaustion is, it's, it's a lot of different things, you know? I mean, there's, there's the literal definition. I didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Right. The literal definition of I went and, and exercised so hard. I, I just physically am exhausted. Yeah. But mental exhaustion is is equally as challenging, and in times like these, just being home, right, constantly without the social interaction or without the family support or those kinds of things, add to add to your exhaustion in ways you really didn't realize it could before. Absolutely. So you know when the world was on lockdown in in March, April, May timeframe, yeah, I mean it was hard. It was hard having little kids. We weren't yeah. sleeping great. We didn't have any help. Um, you know, it was, it was exhausting and yeah. you're right. You, you know, your patience, you get, you're embarrassed that guilt, you know, you feel that right. Because you, you, you react in a way that, that you're not real proud of with your three-year-old yeah. who's throwing a tantrum because, you know, her <laughs> zipper on her dress, who knows, fill in the blanks. Right. Um, and, and so <laughs> there's just so many examples in the last yes. six months, but um, you know, and then afterwards you're like, why did I react that way? Yeah, I'm exhausted. I mean, yes, it's, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's something that you try to avoid in the the next time around. But if you're still exhausted, it's really hard. It is, and you also bring up a good point too. Is you know we we often separate work and home. I know for you and I, we work at home, so that yeah, separation we have for is, years. So that's yeah, that, that's been easier for us to begin with. Uh, yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's like we have like one body. So like if you, because exhaustion, you get pushed in there for all kinds of reasons. And you bring this up too. Like, you know, I, I know like my, my, when I had, uh, when I was a supervisor and people I supervised had a newborn at home, I knew to expect their performance. <laughs> it was going to decline for a while. And yeah. it's like, okay, let's get a strategy. How can you sleep? Let's use your time off effectively. Let's like, what are you going to do uh, to, to manage all this? Uh, because I still need you to come to work and perform, but I know you're going to, this is going to be a struggle. I've been through, you know, hundreds of people having children now. I, I know, you know, let, but let's have a plan for it. So the, the exhaustion things, the important thing is to recognize it. And to me, if you take away just the most important thing about self-care is knowing you're in exhaustion. Now, if you recognize yourself further on down you know, you start to talk about in guilt and shame, you know, depending on how long you've been there, maybe a couple weeks off, which I know is really hard for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of good research around the two-week vacation, but can be hard to schedule. Uh, I know a lot of people there, they take me up on, say, if you have trouble getting out of there, maybe even getting your own mental health support. Uh, don't stigmatize your own mental health therapy. A uh, therapist is going to love the day that somebody walks in and say, you know, nothing major is going on. I, I just want to be a healthier, better person. And I'm really, you know, struggling to take care of myself at work and it's coming in my home life as well. I mean, we can help you with that as mental health professionals. Cynicism and callousness, I, I only have a few examples of people that have hit that stage that have been able to stay in the same job and recover. Um, is that right? Is that yeah, hard? because people- Too far and, gone? Yeah, they've, they've, nobody likes them. You know, no one, 
Burn bridges. Good point. Burn bridges. You got to do a lot of apologizing. You got to do a lot of work on yourself because cynicism and callousness as well as crisis isn't something like you're cynical and callous at work. And then it magically disappears on your commute home. So we talked about states and traits, exhaustion, guilt, shame, and doubt. Those are states. Uh, now they get longer and longer with you the longer you're in those stages. Uh, but cynicism, callousness is a state. I, I mean, these people are not happy at home. You know, I, you know, you go out for a happy hour with these people if you worked with one of them. They're no fun there either. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like they turn it on when they go out to happy hour. It's like, oh, geez, don't you have to go home? Um, so, so here's where the, the HRV, I think, plays a really important role because, well, I'm not going to say HRV can measure guilt, shame, and doubt. I'm not going to say HRV can measure uh, cynicism and callousness. Those, those are kind of difficult states to put an HRV number on. What HRV can do extremely well is show you exhaustion. Um, so, so here, and we outlined this in the book uh, pretty concretely, you see a significant drop in your, let's say you've been taking measurements for six months, and all of a sudden you see your seven-day average uh, performing 20, 25% below your all-time average. You, you need to ask why. Um, because you know you see that going on where your monthly average is now going into a you know monthly average aren't going to drop as significant as quickly but you see a 10 percent drop versus your monthly and all time you you need to take notice of that so when i say hey look at your triggers sometimes it's a little hard for us to admit you know, I just don't have the energy I want to, because sometimes then we get guilt and shame about all that. And then we go into the spiral. So, so, you know, even when I do triggers is it's still a kind of subjective, you know, judgment on myself, whereas an HRV score is just going to give you concrete information. And so what HRV also does is I really encourage people to have a proactive and a reactive self-care plan. So, so what does that mean? Proactive is what do you do each and every day to bring your best to work? And if you care about your job, I really encourage people to see themselves as athletes or musicians or somebody that prepares to be their best when they perform at work. Um, so, you know, we talked about that god-awful shake that I drank. I was just about to say, that's, yeah. that's, that's why some people drink broccoli for breakfast, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? I don't do that, you know, because I want to. I'd much rather have, like, waffles or egos or you know captain crunch oh man (laughs) just that makes me salivate just think about captain crunch but you know i know if i i have that i'm not going to be as good at work you know i mean i know that and so you know i do that i I practice mindfulness so i bring my best self to work um i work out one because i want to be a healthy person but two because i know that's going to make me better at work so while you know, you can get double points for this too. One is I want to live a healthy, long life, but right. I also want to be the best on a normal Tuesday, a normal Wednesday, and what I do um, from for my job as well. So what do you do every day or every week to bring your best self to work? So think of yourself, if you ever played sports, think about, you know, uh, think about the time you spent practicing versus performing. Obviously, that's not going to equate in a work situation, but think about what do you do outside work? Get a good night's sleep. Things we've talked about, right? 
diet, exercise, uh, mental health therapy when you need it, uh, mindfulness, all that stuff's going to let you thrive when you get to work. And then, so you have that proactive plan. What do you do every day? What do you do every week? And then when you realize you're getting an exhaustion, what is your reactive plan? Now, now the really good news is for most of us, if we catch it quick enough, uh, three-day weekend, probably enough to get us back where we need to be. Maybe just even a fun weekend where you go hang out with friends, maybe go camping, go to a concert, whatever fun is sort of for you um, and, and really plan that out. Uh, but again, if you catch it early enough and HRV, that seven day average on our app, it's going to tell you that. Then you, you then bring those reactive studies, which you have planned out ahead of time, which is key. Don't, when you get exhausted, right. you won't have the energy to make a plan to get out of exhaustion. I've been there. I can tell you by lived experience. So schedule that three-day weekend, schedule that you know, camping trip, uh, was time with friends, whatever that, uh, might be a massage, whatever that might be for you to get out of that. If you find yourself in exhaustion for a while or further down again, you know, it's, then you're talking week vacation, but our time off is going to be some of our best tools because we just need to disconnect, uh, from, from work. Again, one of the things I see in the guilt shame is that I'm, I'm guilty. I, I know I need to be up here. I can only give this. So let me work two or three hours into the evening. You're not getting anything done. Yeah, your you're just furthering is, your exhaustion. Right, you're, oh, you're watching Netflix at the same time. You're, you know, yeah, you're not, your, your quality is terrible. So, so HRV gives us a really great way to say, okay, maybe I'm not ready to recognize it. I'm not ready to put into words. I'm not ready to say, oh, that bad night of sleep's hurt me. HRV doesn't lie. And so when you yeah, get those scores, hey, it's time to try to schedule that day off. I find just scheduling a three-day weekend boosts my HRV. Like, I tried just to schedule a whole bunch of them and not take them. Uh, I paid the price. <laughs> I, I tried to think. I was like, well, I can schedule yeah, sure. But do I really have to take them? So I did a controlled experiment and found out, yeah, you do have to take them. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just doing those and having that plan ahead of time uh, is just a really good way to, to keep yourself healthy because, you know, one is, you know, some of the uh, outcomes of burnout, uh, heart disease, well-documented. Cancer, well-documented. Uh, diabetes, uh, weight gain, uh, you know, we see all that. Mental health issues. Yeah, you can get a mental health diagnosis just because of the stress at your work. Um, you know, you, you don't, you're not the person you want to be in your relationships, your personal life. So your quality starts to tank. Uh, you being the, 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 the parent, the spouse, the partner you want to be becomes harder. So do it for yourself because you're worth it. Um, if you can't find a way to do it to yourself, uh, do it for your work and your teammates um, and do it for your career. Because like I said, uh, someone who's burned out is not going to be able to give the quality that somebody who's in that good stage. And again, HRV gives you a way to quantify it. You don't have to rely on your own identification of your triggers. Yeah. Look for that. Look at that seven-day average. And I tell you, after last week's, Jeff, even though mine rebounded as the polls shifted, um, it's it. my seven-day average is not good. So I, I got to mm -hmm. kind of live my own truth here and uh, try to find some time coming up uh, soon to take some time off because uh, – 
Yeah, that seven-day average. My month was looking really good up until last week. <laughs> no, I mean, it's great. You know, I was looking the other day just out of curiosity of historical readings. Yeah. And I can pretty well tell you the sleeping patterns are, are one now one-year-old has gone through over the past yeah. year yeah. because of my, my scores, right? Looking back, you can tell when he was struggling to sleep because... I was exhausted and my scores were dramatically, I mean, sometimes half of, yeah. of what they normally were for periods of four, seven, 10 days, depending upon how long it took for him to get back on schedule. So yeah. it's, you know, that that's the most literal, again, example of exhaustion, but I think it's a really good one and one a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just one type of stress that people put themselves under. Now add work on top of that, add yeah. quarantine uh lockdown on top of that and it's yeah. no wonder my hrv was half of, of what it typically is right yeah. so it's, it, it's mean, cool it, to be able to go back yeah. and identify those trends and and having a a, a platform that, that will do that for you um is great because now you can sort of predict the future as well and say look i i can see very dramatically when these things affected my biology to your yeah. point i need to be more proactive so that as as Things change as we go further, closer and closer to another lockdown, as yeah. winter time comes and the days are shorter and it's harder to get outside and all the things yeah. that people sort of struggle with. A lot of people are really stressed about holiday season and yeah. everything else. Understanding these things have a significant impact on you and being able to be proactive about it is important. Yeah. And that plan, get a plan. Like I said, it does, it's not rocket science. We've given you a whole heck of a lot of things to think about throughout this series. So you, you know, get get that plan because the, the holidays can be some of, you know, usually a, a time of stress regardless. Uh, but, you know, we might be missing some of the fun joy out of it, too, if we can't be uh, with our families. Uh, it seems like that's the advice being given. We were joking around. I don't think my mom listens to this podcast, but she's like, you coming back to Indiana for the holidays? I'm like, no. Dr. Fauci says no. <laughs> so, you know, but, but it is happening. Yeah. I mean, we've been through a lot. 2020, uh, there's going to be books written about last week. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there, there will be books written just about like last Tuesday through Saturday. And, you Absolutely. know, it's, it's, we're in the midst of this. And so, you know, taking care of yourself, but doing it strategically, um, I, I'm starting to get a little like aggravated when it's like, oh, I take a bubble bath on a Wednesday. That's my self-care. It's like, great, keep that on there. But what else are you doing? Because that's not going to be enough to get us through 2020. So, so are you, as we talked about, walking after dinner? Um, you know, are, are you getting enough sleep? You know, what, what do you fall back on? Because sometimes, you know, when we're tired, we, we don't focus. We're more of a vegetable. We just sure. don't just, out. So it makes it worse. You know, you don't yeah. eat as well, which makes you sluggish and all the things you talked about. Just Absolutely. A bit of a cycle. So get that plan. And most of us will find ourselves needing some reactive work and don't everybody. Don't, I mean, yeah. everybody, I don't know. There's a single person that won't and, and, and pay attention, you know, use these biometrics to help you identify changes before you, you know, you consciously understand it because Absolutely. by the time you consciously understand it, you're probably a little further along than you even think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, take care of yourself. It's a great message before the holidays. Uh, we're November 10th here. So they're, they're coming. Uh, and it's just, just, you know, we've been through so much and we still got uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas and 
a lot of ambiguity floating around, at least in the United States here. And, you know, talking to some folks uh, from the UK this week uh, and our folks in India, it's like, yeah, it's got, uh, everybody's nervous about what's going on over here. So. <laughs> what are you guys doing? That's what Part of me wants to say, like, don't look at us. <laughs> just ignore, just ignore us. Like, right. you gotta have a soccer enough? game or rugby or something Cricket. going on. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome that's it well good episode this is uh good good stuff to talk about matt hopefully people take it to heart um i think it resonates should resonate with everybody um excellent well what's uh what's on deck next going to look at this uh basically taking the the self-care and uh our wellness and looking at it as an organizational uh perspective so one of the things that uh you know again we we kind of really designed this for for multiple uses and one of the things i'm most excited about is not only the self-care piece of this but also using hrv as a measure of organizational wellness and so we're gonna uh we're, we're wrapping up the book series on this but uh that we got some stuff to talk about because I, I think this is one of the most uh crucial uh pieces of this innovation is you know, you always kind of wonder how your programs, your teams, your divisions are doing. Well, we can quantify that for you now. So we'll, we'll start to talk and explore that in the, the next episode. Excellent. Yeah. So all the folks listening, you know, that, that have been more interested from a personal standpoint, that, that's great. But for the folks that are curious about how you can uh, sort of extrapolate all this information and apply it to the, the people that you work with and manage and are responsible for, We'll have a, another good episode next week. Absolutely. Everybody In the meantime, that's it, everybody. In the meantime, everybody take care of yourself, stay healthy, and uh, we'll look forward to next time. Take care, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Matt. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode.